Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Once Upon a Phrase. I am your host, Jason. And your other host, Lisa. Just a reminder, after you listen to this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. And follow us on Instagram at Once Upon a Phrase. There you'll get all the newest info on when our episodes are dropping and some fun pictures with clues as to what phrases we'll be talking about on our episode. So today's episode is going to be all about alcohol. Booze. Hooch. The sauce. Moonshine. My favorite, giggle juice. (laughs) All right, so let's take a seat, grab a drink. Unless you're driving. And sit back and listen. All right, I'm going to get us started. Our first once upon a phrase is one of my favorites. It is half in the bag. Lisa, have you ever been half in the bag? I'm sure I have a few times in my life. Not most recently, though. Oh, not, of course not most recently. I don't know uh, the demographic of our audience, but we are in our mid-30s. We are not half <laughs> in the bag very much anymore. Um, but if you've never heard it, to be half in the bag means you're, you're half drunk. You're, you're buzzed. Okay, makes sense. Um, being in our mid-30s, we're lucky if we get to half in the bag. Um, I don't know that I could handle going any farther than that. Well, the hard part is that half to full kind of happens very quickly. So I don't like getting to that half point. This is true. Um, So there's a common theory on what half in the bag means. Um, If you just heard that phrase for the first time and I told you it meant you were buzzed, what would you think it, where, I'm sorry, where would you think it came from? I honestly wouldn't even know where to begin. Okay. So the, the typical, you know, response has something to do with the paper bag that alcohol comes in. Oh, like I see it like when you go to like 7-Eleven or like a liquor store? Yeah. For some reason, you, you buy, you know, an individual bottle or a can, a tall boy, something like that. They put it in the brown paper bag and, you know, you're halfway through your bag. You're halfway through your bottle. You're, mm-hmm. you're buzzed. You're not drunk, but you're buzzing. Right? Okay. Makes sense? Makes sense. Not where it comes from. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's, that's news for sure. <laughs> yeah. So to be half in the bag... Um, actually, it goes you know, back to the 1900s. It's an old Victorian slang word, um, and it refers to a bag of beer. So in you know, those times, especially the lower class people, they would have what's called a, a bag of brew. Okay. Like a Ziploc bag? Um, probably not a Ziploc bag, <laughs> but similar. Um, yeah, and they would keep that, and they would even tie it around their neck or around their waist. Wait, so like the canteen, like those water packs, the camel packs you wear when you go hiking? Yep, except no water in these bag of brews. That'd be a, f- a more fun hike with one of those. Well, you'd be dehydrated really quick, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they would, you know, they would have this bag full of, you know, beer, and they would drink it, and some would even get their, they were another common phrase back then would be to have your head in the bag. And if you ever got your head in the bag, you're all the way through it. But if you're half in the bag, you're working your way through it, so it'd be half drunk. That makes sense now that I know that. Yeah, and it's one of those things I think, you know, it wasn't a phrase. It wasn't a figure of speech. It was a, a, a literal meaning. You were half in the bag. You were drinking half your beer. You were half drunk. Um, that I like, you know, that's used today. I, I think it's funny that we're not drinking booze out of bags anymore. Um, but it, the phrase stuck around, and I love it. I, I don't know that I can be half in the bag very much but i do think that you know going forward it's going to be a lot more fun to say it now that i know where it came from i like that it stood the test of time and just kind of adapted to 
today's modern society. Yeah, I agree. All right, I'll lead us into the next one. Our next Once Upon a Phrase is Hair of the Dog. Do you have any idea what that means, Jason? So I know what this means, actually, because I've had to use it several times. Um, zero clue where it came from, but if I'm correct, it means to just uh, keep drinking the next day? Yeah, so the full version of the phrase is actually the hair of the dog that bit me. Okay. So, this is where it gets really strange. So it dates back to the 460 BC Hippocrates, um, the Latin phrase uh, simula symbolis carantur. Apologize if I botched that up. I, but it means really like, quick. I, I do remember trying some Latin phrases last week. Um, <laughs> I think you did a better job than I did. Yay! <laughs> but go on, sorry. So it means like cures like. So in ancient times, it was thought that if a rabid dog had bit you, that if you took the hair from the rabid dog, they would help cure the wound. So this is a literal, this is not a figure, this is a literal thing? They would Initially, in ancient times, so, yes. So I gotta I got rewind. You said this is from Hippocrates? Yep. So for those of you that don't know, if there's any doctors listening, uh, after you become a doctor, you have to take the Hippocratic Oath, right? First, do no harm, stuff right. like that. This man has an oath named after him, and he's telling people to put the hair of the dog that bit them with rabies. This is the guy we're all listening to? I mean, he did do some more research, it looks like. I, I will say this. Yeah, I, I'm a historian. Uh, this man is a genius. I think you got it wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all get a second chance, right? Okay. So, even back into the 16th century... It is used to refer to alcohol, like you mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Drinking the same thing or a similar thing you drank the night before to help cure a hangover. This actually just sounds like an an excuse for people to keep drinking. You ever been to like a bachelorette party or something like that? Yeah, you gotta go for mimosas or screwdrivers the next morning just because. I don't know why you need the mate in the morning, but... I think people just want to keep drinking. Yeah. Um... So is there any actual science behind this? Like, does this actually work, or is this a placebo? Um, a little bit of both. So a lot of the common hangover symptoms are due to alcohol withdrawal. So by having a little more alcohol put into your system, it does temporarily ease some of the symptoms. But a lot of the symptoms that we all know and... Love is not the right word. <laughs> no, no, I was looking for a better one. No, and really... Tolerate. You know, Tolerate and then regret why you put yourself in that situation the night before. Um, it only temporarily fixes the issue. And it probably, in the long term, is going to make things worse for you. So, so, yes and no. So, this is an extreme comparison. But it's sort of like the junkie needs another hit. Right? When you're yeah. going through withdrawals and you just need a little taste. Um, yeah, it's a bad habit to start because we know what happens from there. It doesn't go anywhere in the positive direction if you have to keep relying on alcohol after a hangover. Yeah, so I will say this. I, I've had the hair of the dog several times. Never once was it to actually cure a hangover. I, you know, it was with my buddies or, you know, weekend in Vegas or something like that. For me, it's an excuse to keep drinking. Um, but I'd be interested um, for anybody out there in podcast land. Does it work? Like, has anybody actually used it for any other reason but to just keep drinking? Um, and it actually helped the hangover? I wonder, maybe there's a certain alcohol, a certain mixture with 
that you'd mix it with or something that has some health benefits to help. I don't know. Yeah, like, it only works with beer. Or it only works with vodka or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, feel free to uh, comment uh, when you leave a review for the episode if this actually worked. Or on the Instagram page, Once Upon a Phrase. Um, I'd for, love to hear your stories and you know yeah, please, your experiences. T- take it to Instagram. Please leave a comment. I just got to know if this works. Um, because, like I said, I use that as an excuse to keep drinking. But somebody please tell me if this is a real <laughs> thing. Um, all right. So I'm going to hop in here with our next one. Um, and this is, without a doubt, one of my favorite phrases. This was actually suggested suggested to me by a coworker, um, and that is to be three sheets to the wind. Hmm. So I've never said the phrase, that's for sure. I can remember vaguely back to being younger and hearing my dad and his buddies say it, but I can honestly say I'm really not sure what it meant then or now. So I will say I, I've definitely said it and I've definitely heard it, um, but after researching for this episode, I want to use it more often because it is now one of my favorite things to say. Can I add it to your vocabulary? It is download it in the, <laughs> in the membrane. In the vault. So before we get ahead of ourselves, to be three sheets to the wind is to be drunk. Like not half in the bag drunk. I mean drunk. Like drunk. full in the bag? Full in the bag, right? <laughs> you are drunk. So this is wild to think about, but this goes back to... Um, the old English era and has its roots in sailing. So I'm going to keep things very basic. Unless you're a sailor, um, you're not. You wouldn't understand. You know the mechanics of how one of those giant boats work. But we've all seen what a giant sailboat looks like, right? Right. Yeah. So they've got the big sheets and they the catch big white yeah, sails. Okay. Exactly. So we're all on the same page, right? So those are actually called jibs. Um, a jib sail, and typically you would need an even number of sails, like two or four, um, and they catch the wind and they keep your boat balanced, right? Okay, makes sense. So if there was a bad storm, right, a lot of wind, choppy waves, your boat would be all over the place. So um, an experienced sailor would then switch to three sheets, and these three sheets would uh, backfill with wind, and you can tighten them and loosen them to steer the boat. But the idea was counterbalance. The, the bad storm has you bouncing all over the place, so you would deploy your three sheets to, you know, counter that and try and stay steady while the wind is knocking you around. Do you, I'm, I get it. Do you I, have the visual? I have the visual in my head, but what I'm wondering is if the four keeps you balanced, I wonder why you would not want to keep the four to keep you balanced. Well, that the four keeps you balanced when there's no weather conditions. Okay. So as the you know, wind or rain or whatever it is, is throwing you off balance. Like I said, you, you go to three and it creates a counterbalance two on one side, you know, one on the other. And it helps, you know, keep the boat afloat. Cause it throws you off balance to counteract what's already happening from the storm. Okay. Now yes. that makes sense. So if you're confused, don't worry about it. You don't need to know how a sailboat works here. Just understand that three sheets deployed would help keeps boat afloat during a bad storm. Now you're wondering, what in the heck does that have to do with being drunk? (laughs) Um, Well, you would know if you've ever tried to walk home drunk. (laughs) You look like that sailboat in the water. You are going left, you are going right, you are- Oh, I've seen that for (laughs) sure. I'm usually the DD, or the designated driver, as it's referred to. Thank you. And I 
see all sorts of lovely people inside the bars, and I've def I can definitely tell when they're three sheets to the wind, including my own husband. I was about to say thank you for referring to those lovely people and not calling me out, and then she immediately <laughs> called me out. All out uh, of love. But yeah, so you're the boat, right? When you're drunk, you're the boat. You're going left, you're going right, you're going up, you're going down, you're knocking into things. Um, and you look like the boat caught in the storm. You are three mm. sheets to the wind. That's a good visual. And, and that's my point. What a visual. It is hilarious. Like, I I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to see somebody really drunk, you know, that's consumed so much alcohol, and not the first thing to come to my mind is three sheets to the wind. I just, I like I said, it was suggested by a coworker. Um, his name's Emilio, and he was, you know, we're, they're helping me out, coming up with ideas, and I wanted this to be good so bad, and it was, and it delivered. Um, so, again, no need to um, understand the mechanics of sailboats. Just have the visual in your head. That boat going back and forth just like a drunk person would. All right. It's definitely going to be added to my vocabulary now that I totally understand where the word where the phrase came from well i i hope so because you're probably gonna have to use it in reference to me on occasion um <laughs> but i know you mentioned your dad earlier and how you may have heard it with the older crowd yeah um so it does actually get said you know in modern day entertainment as well um it's been in movies like 16 candles which i guess is in modern day yeah, entertainment so like by the 80s yeah but um Sixteen Candles, they said. It's, it's been in The Sopranos. The Simpsons have used the phrase Three Sheets to the Wind. Um, that video game Cyberpunk. Or even the new Netflix show Wednesday. Oh, I'm, I don't remember it being used. But. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously not a focal point of the episode. But the phrase gets uttered. Um, or a version of the phrase. And it just, it's a testament to, I think, how etymology works. Like, we hear these phrases everywhere. And even if sometimes they're just in the background or they're just said briefly, they're still used often enough to be in, you know, award-winning movies, TV shows, video games, you know, current Netflix sensations. And I just love that these phrases are, they still ring a bell in people's head, even right, if you they don't know that the they test of time. Yeah. Especially this one. This one, like some of our other ones in our past episodes, the meaning has changed over the years. And this one, this one has stood true to what it is yeah and it, it actually i mean it's exactly what they're saying you are bobbing around out there you are trying to stay <laughs> afloat your best um and I, I thought of a cool idea i was gonna you know play some clips from these movies and tv shows and show you guys um and then i found out that was illegal yeah. <laughs> i guess i can't just show uh copyrighted yeah, don't, do yeah. don't, don't get us in trouble please yeah no more copyrighted material um all right, Lisa, bring us home. What do you got for All us? All right, so our last and final once upon a phrase is cheers. Okay, this one's easy. I mean, I know what it means, right? Everybody, like, you mean to cheers, like glasses yeah, to clinking cheers? glasses okay. say cheers. Clankety clank? Yeah. Okay, so where does this come from? Why do people cheers? Because everybody does it. Right. It, it happens, you know, with with alcohol, and, I mean, even without it happens, too. Oh, it's just I know a what happens with our four-year-old makes us cheers water with him at dinner every time he drinks. He's like, Mommy, Daddy, cheers. So, why? So, this originates from the French word cherie, which means face or head. Okay, I'm really going to need you to bring this home because you're feels like you're walking backwards here. What does face or head have to do with clanking glasses? So, 
So the French used it in a way of not like a literal face or head, but they used it in terms of the manner in which you were hanging out. So whenever you were be when you would cheer someone, you would be facing your company, like face to face, right? So your heads would be near each other. Oh, so again, in a more literal sense, you're actually you know when you cheers with somebody, you're 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 facing. Okay, I'm with you. Go on. <laughs> So, there are several different theories as to why we clink our glasses. Okay, so uh, before we get too deep into that, um, I've noticed this come up a lot in our episodes where, you know, we say, oh, this is an, an etymology mystery and there's several theories, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, do you know who Jennifer Schusler is? I do not. So, I've come across her name a couple times in my research and she calls these words and phrases Bigfoot phrases. Uh, things that have a lot of theories that can't be proven but can be disproven. And I know in the previous episodes we've we've already seen those and in doing research for future episodes uh, we're going to come across this a lot, right? Phrases that, there are Bigfoot phrases. Hard to prove, easy to disprove. So what are some theories on where this originates from? So the first theory is that it appeals to our senses and our very final one which is the, the sound, right, to what we hear. Because we already have the feel of the glass in our hand, we can smell the drink, we can taste the drink, and we can see all the company we have around us. And that final clinking of the glasses kind of brings it all together. The, that's got to be one of the ones easy to do. That just sounds like, I mean, it sounds like nonsense is probably a strong word, but it, it's... Sounds too perfect. Like it's... It just sounds like, yeah, it sounds like someone kind of came up with this to kind of justify why we should drink more and cheers, right? Yeah, I just think it's it's too pretty of a bow, right? You know, we can hear it now, you know, to finish off the five senses. I don't know if I buy that one. So what else is on our list? So another, another theory is that in medieval times that they thought that if you clanked glasses and cheered loudly, that it would scare off the evil spirits and even spilling some would also keep the bad spirits away. The only thing that is coming to my mind right now is, and I can't remember what movie or TV show it was, but when somebody thinks there's like a ghost in their house, they get like a pot and a spoon and they just go around and bang, 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 like trying to scare off the spirits. Because apparently um, ghosts have, you know, really sensitive hearing yeah, or something. they're scared of loud noises. Okay, <laughs> so I will say this. I, I know we're laughing. Um, it mm-hmm. sounds foolish, but that one at least makes sense. I do know... That, you know, whenever, you know, spirits and things like that, there's a lot of actual truth behind those things in regards to people's faiths and what they believe. So, right. So that one I will buy that people did. Um, this is also why Germans also tend to, like, smack their beer mugs on the tables and clink and cheer loudly as well, as well because they also felt like it would scare the ghost of evil spirits away. Okay, so... Remember Oktoberfest? Yes. Yeah. Uh, if anyone in our audience has ever been to an Oktoberfest, uh, you have seen this firsthand. Um, I, for you know, a bunch of years, I worked in a neighborhood in Chicago called Lincoln Square. It's a very German neighborhood. Okay. Um, so their Oktoberfest and their Mayfest, um, it was loud. It's a lot of clanking, a lot of cheersing, a lot of warding off of spirits, I guess. Well, and I see this a lot in the movies, too, when they depict the medieval times or, you know, things revolving Oktoberfest. There is a lot of clinking. There is a lot of cheersing. 
So I feel like this could be yeah. a more ve- more realistic theory, I would say. Okay, yeah. So another theory, which I thought was quite interesting, was that it was very common in the past to poison your enemy's drink because it was an easy way to get it done. Um, and what you would do is after you would pour yourself a drink, you would cheers the other person and when that would happen some of your drink would spill into the other person's drink and after you cheers you know that you take your first sip and this was rumored to kind of ensure that you did not poison each other's drinks okay so feels very game of thronesy to me just a lot of treachery going on a lot of you know friends pretend or enemies pretending to be friends this this one i actually buy the most uh because they would make it would make you feel safe. You would know that. Right. If, if I try to get you to drink a drink with me and you wouldn't take a sip, I would know something was up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like the religious theory is probably more credible, but I want to believe this one more. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever wondered why when we do cheers that we always hold our glasses up? I'm thinking about it now. Um, to every, I'm thinking back to every toast or every clank and you know every occasion and in every visual in my head right now my hand is in the air um no idea why it's probably something that you just learn it's like second nature you know you you've seen in movies or uh, family friends so yeah hands are always up so this dates back to ancient times um when the roman and greek gods they would make offerings to the gods so because of that the gods are above them so they would hold their glass up to the sky to provide them an offering. Oh, I like this one. Um, this kind of reminds me of like when we do toast somebody now or you cheers with somebody now. Um, it's no longer to the gods, it's to them. You know, when you're toasting at a wedding, you know. it's So it's sort of like giving them that offering. Yeah, a funny thing is the Greeks wouldn't use the word cheers when they would toast. Or cheers, when they would cheers. They would actually use to our health. Which I think is a more common thing we do now. When we cheers, we usually cheers to something positive. Something, you know, someone's new job. We cheers to, you know, someone finishing school. So something positive to something good for ourselves. Yeah, it's a a form of camaraderie. I know, I mean, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, both of us are teachers. um, And as teachers, we often have a lot of things to celebrate. Um, You know, coworkers retiring or you know, getting another degree, finishing the school year, beginning the school year. Looks like we're making excuses to drink, but yeah. hey. <laughs> If any of you guys know teachers, <laughs> they need they don't need an excuse to drink. There's if a you lot made of it to the weekend. Yeah. Um, but I do, I feel like everybody's like that, right? I, I, we speak as teachers, but. I feel like every profession has their reasons, you know? Yeah, but I, I wonder how much of that is like deeply rooted in us to just want to put your hand in the air and toast something to celebrate something with your friends and family around you Hmm. Um, so i keep hearing you say the word toast did you know what the word toast means um i know what toast is i i eat it with breakfast but (laughs) i'm not sure i got nothing well a lot of times toast is used like interchangeably with cheers so toast originally was used you put You'd put bread into wine to remove some of the acidity from it, or you would dip it into your wine to remove to kind of make it less stale. 
So this is actually literal, like, mm -hmm. toast is bread and, like, wine. Yeah, you dip it into your wine to make it less stale. Guys, I don't know about you. This is, this is what I love. Like, finding <laughs> out that something that you had no idea what it meant is actually, in the literal sense, what they're saying. Like, the three sheets to the wind, you're going back and forth. When you toast, people used to actually put toast in their wine. Yeah. Just like you put your muffins in your coffee. Oh, I wonder if those are related. I don't know. I, I put peanut shells in my beer when we're at baseball mm, games. Well, that doesn't make them less stale. I don't know about that. It makes the beer salty. Okay. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if those are the whatever same Whatever floats your boat, honey. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us. This was one of the more fun episodes to research uh, because a lot of these phrases, like I said, you know, we've used quite often and because they're used in a in a fun sense, you know, you're talking about alcohol or drinking or something like that. I think a lot of people just say them without a care on, you know, where the word is coming from. I wonder how many people actually know what these phrases mean or have just heard them in like the TV shows you mentioned in our episode and just use them because they heard them. Yeah, I would say most. Um, I have half in the bag, three sheets of the wind, cheers, toast. Hair of the dog. Yeah, I mean, we've said all of those and it wasn't until we really got you know, the idea to do this episode and kind of deep dive into some of these um, that I know the origin of this. So, And you know, as I've mentioned on the other podcast, there will definitely be a part two to this episode. These were just the four we picked out, but there are plenty more. Um, and I hope they're as fun as these are to research because finding out something is literal or how it evolved, it just, it makes that phrase so much cooler. It's, I think it's so strange to see how things have changed over the years. I mean, going back to the hair of the dog, I can't imagine putting the hair of a dog, and we have a 90-pound dog that sheds all day long. I don't want her hair on my pants, let alone putting it in my wound. Actually, we probably have the hair of the dog in everything then, because it's in every recipe. It's on all of our clothes. It's in our food, unfortunately. You gotta, yeah. yeah. If you guys got shedding dogs, you know what we're talking about. But we're, we're getting off track. Um, until next time, everyone, uh, thank you for joining us, and cheers.